our 50th episode! Hello, and welcome back to History from the Picture. How's my audio? Good. You're good, too. Just doing a quick little check. Yep. I'm Chloe, and of course, with me as always is... Me. Who is me? Brandon. Yes. In case you're new here, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. Today we have a very, 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 very exciting episode that we've had. We, we've teased it for uh, maybe a little less than a month. I don't remember when we announced it. But it's in celebration of what Brendan and I like to call Tears for Fears Day. And so we're hoping that we can kind of get this to be a, a thing for other fans as well. And if you're wondering why we call it Tears for Fears Day, let me specify, February 25th. This will be coming out on the 24th, but we didn't want to release on a Sunday, so at least it's the day before. So, we're celebrating Tears for Fears Day a day early, but, yeah. So we call it Tears for Fears Day, because it's the day that Songs in the Big Chair and The Tipping Point were released. And both of those albums were kind of like... Big, big hits. I feel like they're, they're two... What would you say? Are they their two best performing albums? or No, Elemental sold better than The Tipping Point did. So, so upon... Really? Yes. But, but in terms both. of like the marketing, the... the... Um, I mean, sure... Like the, the point, social tipping. aspect, because like the tipping point was like their big comeback, and then songs from the big chairs when they hit it big. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, those are definitely their two uh, standouts. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, but yeah, so Tears for Fears Day is the day that songs from the big chair and the tipping point came out, and so we're here to celebrate it and. We've asked you guys to send in some stories that you had, where whether it was you meeting the band, a concert experience, favorite songs, or other experiences associated with the band, like maybe how you got into them, everything like that. Anything is, it was all up to you guys. So we got quite a few stories, and I actually wasn't expecting to get the amount that we did, but I'm so happy that we got what we got so before we dive in i guess i'd like to ask you if there's anything that you would like to say in regards to tears for fears day and let me clarify what this is is you know i gave a chance for everyone to kind of come together and share their appreciation for the band for tears for fears day so what do you have to say for Tears for Fears Day? I mean, not much. I mean, it's the day that, I mean, I think it's just funny timing that there's two, not landmarks, because Tipping Point's not really a landmark. It's not even out two years yet. Um, it certainly was a landmark because it was their first one in 18 years. It was a big yeah. comeback, so I I consider it to be at least a sort of landmark. Yeah, but um, 
I think it's something that should be more widely celebrated and that they should play into. I agree. Which is why I'm kind of putting our shoe in the door here. Being like, this is what we're doing. We're celebrating Tears for Fears Day. And we've incorporated other fans into it as well. Yep. Trying to be the ringleaders here because there's obviously there's World Morrissey Day. I don't think it'll get that far. I don't think it'll become World Tears for Fears Day. But just as long as there's other people saying... Oh, happy Tears for Fears Day. That would be really cool. Because I do feel like, I mean, even though we all love them every day, I feel like that they should absolutely get a day to, like, Well, here's what I respect about Tears for Fears the most. Um, it's like Valentine's they have, Day. They don't, they don't have, like, a cult-like following like Morrissey does. Because he never amassed the critical and commercial success of Tears for Fears. I guess I should just say commercial. Because Tears for Fears aren't, like, loved by critics besides Picture unfortunately um so i don't think it will ever get that far but there is a great culture around tears for fears especially you know because of the travel fans yeah you know that's awesome they've been going obviously i don't know the history about it but they've been going since i was a little kid i remember running into them when i was four years old in atlantic city i met them oh really i would be interested in getting someone from there on the show yeah, if anyone remembers little old me, <laughs> um, I actually did meet a lot of the travel fans. They thought I was cute, and they thought it was very cute that my favorite Tears for Fear song was Shout, or as I said in my little kid voice, Shout! You know? <laughs> if that's what you sounded as a kid, yeah, I'd be terrified. Yeah, look out. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, it would be nice. I mean, obviously, this is coming out on the 25th. 24th, tomorrow. 24th, that's right, it's coming out tomorrow. Oh, yeah, guys, late night recording. It's not that Maybe. late, we've done worse. Yeah, we, we have done worse, that's true. We just wanted to give but... people ample time to send it in. Good point. So, it'd be interesting to see if they post anything on Sunday. Hmm. Their social media has been concerningly quiet. Nothing since November. Oh. Um, that one... That one was it a TikTok? was it a TikTok? It was like TikTok. when your car declines at therapy and, th- and they bring out nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety nine. Is that what it said? Ninety one, ninety one to ninety one to ninety nine. Well, they got their history right because a lot of people seem to forget that Roland and Kurt started talking again in two thousand and reformed in two thousand. Mm. A lot of people think, oh, it was two thousand three or two thousand four. No, it was two thousand. Wow. We talked about that in Tomcats. Remember, yep. I took you through the history. Yep, yep. History from the picture. Yeah. Yep. But um, in I didn't I didn't read any of these DMs by the way, so I don't really cool. know what any of these. Things. So I guess to is there anything that you would like to share in theme with the episode for Tears for Fears Day? Um, Tears for Fears are banned, and this is their day. No, I mean like for you, like a story from you. No, I don't have any stories. Oh, come on. Do something. No, I, don't, I don't have any stories. Heart of the cards, man. Heart of the cards. Do it. Uh, Anything. Really Anything. Um, Just, come on. Get in the spirit. Get in the spirit. Let me see here. If you want to think while I say something. Cheers, your fears are an English pop no, rock band. No, 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 no. A, story, yeah, I got a personal I got story. Nothing. So would you like me to say one while you think of one? Sure. Okay, and I would I would like you to share one because it would be 
neat if we participated as well. We both participated in this as well. Ah, all right. It can even be something you've said before. Just, like I said, heart of the cards. Just say it. Um, yeah, so I have shared this before, but if you're new, um, I have seen Tears for Fears four times. And at pretty much all of the shows, but not as much for one of them. Let me say where where I went. So May 20th, 2022 was opening night to the Tipping Point World Tour Part 1 in Cincinnati, Ohio. And that is where I saw him. It was the first time. And, you know, I was... You know, I do my thing. I'm me. I'm a huge nerd. I sing in every word, every song, dancing along the whole time. End of the show, a dude comes up to me and gave me a fist bump. He dapped me up and he's like, she was singing every word, every song. How old are you? And oh God, how old was I? Was I 17? I think I was 17. I was like, 17? And he's like, that's amazing. Then I saw them June 1st in Concord, California, which is my hometown. And I was doing the same thing, singing every word, every song, jumping around, dancing around. And in the show, a lady comes up to me, and she was like, how old are you? I said, 17. She was like, you knew every single word to every song. Good job. That's impressive. New Jersey was June 24th, 2022. Homedale, New Jersey. I did not like that show as much. Crowd energy was not that good. But there was, I didn't have that sort of thing happen, but there were people near me, sitting near me, kind of like hiving me up, being like, hey, hey. Um, are you listening to me? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then last but not least, I saw them in Bethel, New York on July 5th, 2023 for part two. That might ring a bell for you, Brendan. I was there. Um, and... I had two different people say something at that show, so... And I wasn't one of them. You were not. Um, so, at that show, everyone in my section was sitting down. And so, I kept sitting up and down and up and down, because I, I was like, I don't want to stand in front of these people behind me. So, I was feeling really insecure. And the dude behind me was like, you don't need to worry about sitting down. You have a good time, right? And I was like, yay, thank you. So, that made my night and then at the end of the show there was a lady behind me and she was like again it was kind of the how old are you i said 18 and she was like i would have thought you were older than that by the way you know all these songs like you were dancing around the whole time did your parents get you into this music i said no i got i dragged them all the way here this was my own of my own volition and she was like well seeing you jump and dance around the whole time made my night and i was like <laughs> and then, of course, one of my other favorite concert experiences was you being at Bethel. That was cool. Got to see our favorite band at the same show. It's kind of why we're here in the first place. It's because we both like the same band. So it was really cool getting to experience that with you, even if we weren't sitting together. Mm-hmm. So that's my little story. How about you? What's one that you have to share? I couldn't come up with anything. Oh, come on. Go concert experience. Share anything from any concert. Anything that stood out. Um, I'll go with this story. This one's good. Um, 
I miraculously had a snow day on Tears of Fears Day 2022, <laughs> which means I didn't have school. So I picked up my brother from work. I did that. This was afterward. Um, I went to my record store when it opened, bought the deluxe CD, which had the poster in it, uh, the cassette, the green vinyl, and I think that was it. And um, I got home and I slipped on black ice <gasps> and almost broke my record. <gasps> That's not a happy story. That's my Tears for Fears Day story. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's a story I've told before. Come on, son. Come on, son. All right. Well, that was anticlimactic. So, now for your guys' stories. They're in no particular order. Funny thing, really, I just wrote them in the order that they came in. Uh, let me tell you. Look at this. Look at this thick stack. This is 20 pages of stories. Because I wrote it. Just... I hand wrote it. Get it screenshotted. I did it to have it all in one place because I don't want to have three different devices open. I don't want to have my phone for recording, my iPad for Skype, then my Chromebook. I didn't want to have that. So I just, I have all my podcast notes in this notebook. So I wrote them all down. My hand was hurting so bad, but I did it. It literally took me like three hours. Nice. I was also getting really distracted and watching Psych. But all right. The very you thing. Some stories are longer than others. But, yep, let's get this going. So our first one was submitted by Gabe, and I know Gabe. I've been mutuals with Gabe since 2020. Uh, Gabe said, I discovered Tears for Fears in 2018, but hadn't drawn them until 2020. And during that time, I thought Roland and Kurt were brothers because they looked so much alike. I thought that Tears for Fears were a whole family band, and that Ian and Manny were cousins, and that each member was related to one another. I thought they were brothers at first, too. I don't know why. Like, they really don't... I they don't think they look alike. that... Because well, when I first got into them, I guess I thought they did. And so I was like, oh, they're brothers. Oh, are they are they boyfriends? And then I was like, well, this was the 80s. People weren't really openly like that. So then I just learned that they were just best bros. Yeah, this isn't George and Andrew. No boyfriends. Were they boyfriends? No, I just like tell, I just like saying they uh, were. Speculation people, from the big chair. No, pisses <laughs> people off when I say it. <laughs> A lot of people take that seriously, I guess. Yeah, I thought that was funny because I thought the same thing. I thought like at, at the very first, very first, I thought they were brothers. And then I learned their names, and I was like, oh, okay, they're not brothers. Yeah, there's but no Ian way, and Manny, yeah. they don't look alike. No, no, there's no <laughs> way or it's about De La Quintana and Smith. <laughs> Two opposite ends of the spectrum. One's white, yeah. the other one's Spanish. And French. And French? No, like the name itself. Oh. The name itself, yeah. Yeah. One's white, one's Spanish. Yep. All right. Our second story is from Shekinah. I think that's how you pronounce it. If I mispronounced, I am so sorry. Um, they referred to us one of the posts that they had posted on Instagram, and this was the caption: February first, nineteen ninety, the Seeds of Love tour. This time, I didn't have a VIP access, but that didn't stop me. After the show ended and people left, I went backstage and took a crew room and tuning room sign off the wall. Then, I drove to the local hotels and looked for the tour bus. 
success. I found Roland relaxing at the hotel bar with a few of the crew. Kurt wasn't with them, as they said he already went up to the suite. Going to their hotel was a very risky move on my part, and intrusive as well. Sorry guys, don't try doing this. Remember, this was 1990. I was expecting to be thrown out. Instead, Roland welcomed me, signed the sign that I took, and let me stay with him in the bar and talk music. If I remember correctly, I talked to him at least three hours. That's crazy. And I didn't mention that I had met him backstage in 1985. I'll never forget his kindness and inspiring conversation. Ah, the good old days. Three hours is crazy. Yeah, if, if I'm being 100% honest, that kind of... That's kind of... <clears throat> You know, gets the jealousy out of me a little bit because if I ever were to talk to Roland, it wouldn't be about him. I talked to him about the stuff like the statement type of music that we both listen to. I talked to him about Paul Weller, Peter Gabriel, Talking Heads. I wouldn't, if he, if listen, if we ever somehow managed to get him on this show, I know you said you'd be intimidated. I wouldn't be because I know that I wouldn't talk about anything that he's done in his entire career. 100%. I mean, what about is it the man or the cigarette? Hey, you can ask that towards the end. I, I would not. I wouldn't actually ask that. Like, as much as I say it, like, that's a joke. I don't even know if I'd open my mouth. Because I, I would not want to say the wrong thing. I well, would listen, be if you take my approach, and I'd, I'd talk to him about Gabriel 3, Remain in Light, Stanley Road, great albums like that, which well, I know. You're an intellectual. I'm not. Okay. I, listen, I don't know. Listening to the common albums does not make me intellectual. I don't listen to those. It makes me more intellectual than me. Mm. <laughs> those are great albums. I just need to find intellectuals. But yeah, three hours. Like I'm jealous. That's insane. And I, and, uh, I can't even talk to you for three hours. Oh, how rude! <laughs> I've done similar things with uh, Twenty One Pilots. Of like, as in staying after the show about two to three hours. Like outside of the venue, Has to it meet worked? them. Yeah, that's how I met them. After the live stream that they did back in 2021, we went to the venue that they recorded the live stream at for three hours, and then same thing in 2022. Um, yeah, so that's impressive. Lucky, and they've met Roland more than once. 1985 and 1990, and I feel like there's more than that, but I could be wrong. I would not want to have met 1985 for all those waters I would not tread. Well, I mean, <laughs> you never know. All right. Uh, this next one was submitted from the user at Diva's Bet. So it says, we went to the Hard Rock for the concert and we had fun. I think at Bad Band Song, my sister got up and started jumping and screaming and Roland noticed her because she was wearing a purple wig and it was hard to miss he smiled at her but prior to the show we went to the spa that was near our rooms and upon telling someone where we were going that night we were told that the band had booked an appointment at the spa but cancelled it's interesting <laughs> uh, after the show we went to the boardwalk to get something to eat and as we were walking to the Irish pub, I saw Roland talking to a fan in front of the hard, walk, hard rock. We had a chance to talk to him, but I didn't notice it was him at first. That sucks. That's, that's that sucks. Tough. That sucks. But that's cool that you saw Roland. 
right there. And they actually sent photos that they saw other fans uh, taking with them. They were in a limo. Or at least Roland was in a limo and Kurt was outside the limo. Hot shit. <laughs> Rockstar. Good times. Right. You never rubbed me as a limo band. They rubbed me more so like a van band. Maybe it wasn't a limo. It was all I know was in the picture. It was like a black car with tinted windows. So who knows? Well, listen, there's some legends in there. You got to protect the legends. <laughs> all right. And then this next one was submitted by Gabby. Back in 2020, I used to listen to music on the TV while doing stuff in my room. I had no Spotify or cell phone. And back then, I was really in love with soundtracks and synthesizers. I used to listen to the soundtrack of Stranger Things and other artists featured on the show, such as Scorpions, Cutting Crew, Corey Hart, etc. Every single day, but also some other artists that weren't featured. One day, June 1st, 2020 specifically, Everybody Wants to Rule the World started playing. And I had a little notebook where I would write down every single song of the Stranger Things soundtrack. And even though that song wasn't on it, I wrote it down anyway because I really liked it. Moving on to February of 2021, I was cleaning my room and Shout started playing. And I immediately fell in love with it. This song is still very special to me. Exactly a week later, Everybody Wants to Rule the World came on and it sounded very familiar. But I had forgotten that I heard it before. After that... It went from there, and here I am. They mean so much to me, and I have no idea what could have happened to me if all of this didn't happen. They changed my life completely and for the best. I love that. First of all, I love the specific dates, because I'd be doing that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. And then just that closing sentiment that they, they mean a lot. You would have no idea. I have no idea where I'd be now if they weren't if they weren't a part of my life. I wouldn't be doing this. And I especially wouldn't have met you. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, and they, yep, they, they changed my life completely. And for the best, I 100% agree with that. Now for you, it's different. Because you kind of had them from the start. They weren't necessarily something you stumbled upon along the way. Correct. I was presented them basically with a choice you know (laughs) do you listen or do you not listen and i listened and it was worth it oh yeah of course some good stuff yeah so this next story i'm not that i'm picking favorites but this one i thought it was cute (laughs) um when i when i read it it was like 3 a.m I was having a bad day. I couldn't sleep. And then I was like, I should probably check her email. I opened it and I saw this one. And it like made my day. Because I just thought it was really cute. It was kind of, it's long, but I don't care about that. Because we, we asked for the details and we got it. I love the details. So, you ready? This one was sent in by Matthew. I first started hearing Tears for Fears on the radio around 7th grade in 2022 primarily through the big three. I liked them and added them to my extensive playlist of music. I then put two and two together and realized that they were all from the same album, so I listened to songs from the big chair. Shockingly, I hated it. So I, I did that exact same thing where I was like, oh, all these songs on the same album, listen to it, didn't like it first listen. 
I know someone who had the same experience. Uh, a good friend of mine liked the three singles. I'm like, check out the whole album because there's some songs on there that are better than the three singles. So then I got a screenshot. They were listening to Mother's Talk. I think they're like halfway through and they're like, yeah, this isn't good. I'm done listening. okay i'm like okay they actually haven't listened to tears of your sins actually shut them away from it they're just not into it what i think what did it for me was i hadn't known any fellow fans when i first listened to it but then i met Liv, and we've had on before yes and kind of just having her to talk about and the bandwidth and she knew them longer so she you know tell me some things that I hadn't known because everything was new to me and just I guess having someone to talk about it with kind of like opened my eyes to like you know they're more than their hits yes if that makes sense they absolutely are more than their hits I mean you know me if you were to look at my rankings of what their best songs are you'd barely have any any hits in there you know so yeah so continuing his story, um, every song besides the big three, I couldn't stand. So for a while, I just listened to those three. Then I found out that earlier that year, they released The Tipping Point. So I decided to give it a try, but I wasn't going to go all in. I decided to do a few songs at a time. I started with the title track, Long, Long, Long Time, My Demons, and Please Be Happy. I fell in love with them. I would listen to them all day. It took me a couple weeks to warm up to the whole album, including bonus tracks. I loved it and couldn't stop listening. Throughout 7th and 8th grade, I decided to go through the entire discography, including Tomcats and Mayfield. Brendan, I agree that What Are We Fighting For is Kurt's best composition. Damn it, it is. (laughs) (laughs) And fell in love with it all. The lyrics were so well-written, the instruments had so much depth, and everything just resonated with me. It all culminated in getting to see them live on the opening show of the 2023 tour in Atlantic City. Now, because I want to have some fun before I go on about being a fan in a messed up generation that I'm sadly a part of, here's my album Did ranking. Did you write this? <laughs> <laughs> this is why I thought it was cute, because it's like, bro, it's literally me. No, but he, he gave his ranking... Is That's it good so though? Is cute. it good? Let me. All right. At number seven, Elemental. That's what's up. I agree with that. I don't, but it's favorite kind of song is Cold. Good night song all the way. Be nice. Be nice. Cold's, cold's like a five out of five. This, though. this number six is Songs from the Big Chair. I can't get behind that, but I respect his opinion, of course. You see, for me, it could be three sometimes, it could be six. You know, fatigue, but at the same time, you have to look at it without the fatigue. Without fatigue, it's one of the best albums ever. Uh, his favorite song is Head Over Heels. Respect. Facts. I think that's actually entered my top ten all-time favorites. Oh, as it should. As it should. Number five is Raul and the Kings of Spain. That's fair. I would I would say that's is fair. Is that our mutual least favorite? No. That's still not your... What are you doing, man? I can't just... It, it's super, like... <laughs> elemental is bottom for me. But for Raul, I just can't decide if it's five or six. It's eight. There's not even an eight. Anyway, I know their, their album that's coming after the tipping point will be better than Raka's. So it's going to be Probably. Eight. <laughs> um, 
Favorite song is Falling Down or Don't Drink the Water. But Don't Drink the Water is great. But, hey, hey, this is Gabe, right? No, this is Matthew. Gabe Matthew. was the very first yeah. one. Matthew, was it the man or the cigarette? Let us know. <laughs> I know you, I'm, Let us know what you think. But I'm glad that. nobody <laughs> likes that song. I know. Don't Drink the Water. Mm-hmm. So that, when someone else says they like it, makes me happy. Um, number four, he's got the hurting. Respect. All right, I think Great I think debut. the hurting's my number four too. Um, favorite song is "Pale Shelter" or "Memories Fade." Both are Pale really Shelter's great songs. Pale Shelter's my favorite, so that's cool. Um, number three, "The Seeds of Love." I can get behind that. I can't get mad at that. Uh, favorite song is "Woman in Chains." Respect. Number two is "The Tipping Point." Love that. Favorite song is. I did. I did. Process of elimination. I'm a happy camper. <laughs> well, hang on. No, number two is the tipping point. Favorite song is Master Clan, but I love them all. I can get behind that. That's an interesting number one. You don't ever hear anyone talk about that song. No, because they. So I'm really that glad one, they skipped that one live because it's apparently sound too much like Secret World. That was their reasoning. <laughs> you know, they don't sound anything alike. It really isn't. That was that was Roland's reasoning. He said that he said it's too similar to other songs in the series <clears> like Secret World. So we decided not to rehearse it. All right, number one. Everybody loves a happy ending. Matthew, come on the <laughs> podcast sometime. <laughs> Favorite song is Secret World or Quiet Ones, but Quiet. I love them all. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> Secret World is probably my favorite. Not, not really for me. I don't think it's close. That's like mid on the album for me. It's like four or five. My favorite really? is... Um, well, what uh, my... Don't tell me, is it Who Killed Tangerine? No. I thought that's what you said very recently. I said that'd be the song I'd take for Desert Island. Um, but it's not. Which you'll hear that in a future episode. Yeah. We had to record a little out of order. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Closing to Heaven. That's one of my favorite songs. Of all oh, time. okay. That That's honestly tied for me. Yeah, it's like my one favorite. of my. That's one of the best songs but they ever did. We'll get there when we get to Happy Ending. Yeah. Now, this next part was. This is the part where I was like, my my dude. Right now, I'm currently a freshman in high school. Oh, little dude. <laughs> not little. Bro's probably like 14. Come on, and he's not that little. That's close to how old I was when I got into the band. I was freshly 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was I was a freshman. I was yeah. still a freshman. I was 15, but I was a freshman. So it's the same deal for me. Bro is literally me. <laughs> um, all everybody can afford to talk about is Fortnite or some toilet meme I don't understand. <laughs> I'm telling you, this this is great. This is great. Um, Sounds like us. <laughs> right? I'm also super low on the popularity spectrum. I'm kind of a band kid and some in some of the nerdier clubs. Matthew, it listen, don't matter. it don't matter. I was just about to, it. You once once you get past Matthew, lower classmen, you realize that, it really that, doesn't listen, matter. I'm freshman in college, and if you care about social status in college, you're a narcissist. If you okay. crave, po- <laughs> well, no, this is cra- yeah. If you crave popularity, and if you actually worry about how people perceive you on a popularity standpoint. Like if you try to be popular, you're a narcissist, and that's I've learned that. That's people will see it. Yeah, that's what that's way people will see. It. Like you're in college, you're all one, and it's great. High school, I mean the way you put it, high school is crazy. It's how it was for me too. I was in vinyl club. 
That's I was cool. in the I was in the stock market club. Yeah. I found my niche and I thrived on it. And that's what you got to do, my man. Yeah. Like if you're in if you're in these like these quote unquote nerdy clubs, enjoy them, stay in them. Yeah. You know, it's better to be a nerd than to be a normie. Cuz if you're normie, your, then you're not interesting. Yeah, find your people and grow with them. I was basically. also low low on the but i mean i didn't care but the fact of the matter is is that i was low on the popularity spectrum for me my circumstances were unusual yeah i was a new kid mm-hmm. i was a new kid and you know when you're a new kid you either you either thrive or you freaking don't and i yeah. absolutely did not so Freshman year, I mean, I was still low on the popularity spectrum when I was at my school in California. People made fun mm. of me all the time, but I didn't care. When I moved out of California, I didn't really have anyone to back me up. So it did suck that I was super low on the spectrum, but I also didn't care. I was a, I was a loner. I was a loner, but this isn't Chloe's high school experience in the big chair. Let's mm-hmm. continue. Uh, most people I meet say I was born in the wrong generation. Bro is literally me. <laughs> um, if I'm not wearing the stereotypical sweatshirt pants combo, then I wear shirts of 80s bands or a flannel button down with jeans. Very descriptive. I like that. Even though we are messed up, I think tears for fears unite us somehow. One time this year, an older teacher of mine was asking for some music to put on. While everyone was suggesting Kanye or Taylor, I said to put on God's Mistake. People were like, what the hell is that? Well, my teacher was stoked because he realized I was a Tears for Fears fan. First, he played Everybody Wants to Rule the World to show them who Tears for Fears were, and then played God's Mistake. To my surprise, okay, this wording is so harsh, you'll think it's hilarious. To my surprise, the idiots, jocks, and popular girls with their Ugg boots actually liked God's Mistake. I love that so much. It's kind of amazing. We I all kind of live the same lives. You know that? Right? I swear. I think it goes to show that if people will just give Tears for Fears a try, that they will like them because their lyrics speak to all generations. The end. I This, this one was one of my... I mean, again, I'm not picking favorites. But this one amused me the m- most, probably. Just because I resonate so much with it. Mm-hmm. To the core. Something I will point out before I continue on with the stories is that we got fans across generations. We got Gen A slash Z. We got millennials. We got some Gen X. Like, we got fans of all ages sending in stories. And I think that that, that's exactly what the point is, is that this band, it crosses generations. It resonates with people people of all ages and it is just going to continue to do so and that's why i wanted to do this is where all these generations can come into one place and share their experiences and while in the details the experiences might be a little different in the grand scheme of things they are all the same it's all the same idea of like, this music changed my life. 
this music helped me find out who I was. And I love that so much. Yeah. So much. Do you have anything to say on that note? It's because people are so critical of the music they listen to. Like I've talked about this in the Q&A episode that hasn't come out yet. Everyone's a critic. People these days will listen to an album and instead of thinking, what does this album do for me? How is it moving They just think me? about, like, the sound. They think of this. They, not even the sound. They think, is this an album 80 out of 100, like an 8.8 8 out of 10? How am I going to rate this on Rate Your Music, Radio TY? What do yeah. other people online think about the sound? You're not listening to it to be subjective or enjoy the art. You're listening to it to stroke your ego, pal. Get over yourself. So what I think what it is is that people hear the music but they're not listening mm-hmm. to the music they're list they hear it on a surface level and just telling it as they hear it but they're not actually telling it for what it is absolutely all right bro is literally me yeah, that's all i have to say freshman that's how old i was when i got in. so technically he got into the band when he's younger than me yeah. Crazy. How All many right. left do we have to do these? Quite a few yet? Let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have nine more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had 13 in total, so this is going to be a bit of a longer episode, but that's okay. You know, we wanted to give people their chance to speak up. So I'm yeah. really happy that we're doing this. I really am. This might be one of my favorite episodes yet, really, just because it's like a community thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's from Anais. I got into Tears for Fears around late 2022 and have been completely obsessed since. I started listening to them because I wanted to branch out into more 80s bands, and I'm so glad I did, because up to now, I have so many favorites like Depeche Mode and Talking Heads as well. I went to their second Tipping Point tour, and it was one of the best concerts I've been to. The energy was amazing, and both Roland and Kurt sounded so good. When they came on with No Small Thing, I was so excited. One song I pray to see would be The Working Hour or Advice for the Young at Heart, but I believe that probably won't happen. I've also been trying to collect some of their vinyl to add to my collection, and I recently got my hands on some original 12-inch singles of Mother's Talk, Shout, and Change. I also have their first three albums and The Tipping Point. I hope they make a live album at some point of their most recent tour. That would be really cool. So, Well, they are. They are. They but recorded this is, it. This, this is Tears of Fears we're talking about, so give it another three years before it comes out. What, what 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 was the location again? That was Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah. So they did record a show, like they professionally recorded it. They got more backing singers specifically for that recording. Mm-hmm. It's recorded. It just they just need to release it. So it's they had in drone the works. cameras. Yes. Because it was, like crowd shots and whatnot. Because this was like I'm pretty sure if one of if not the only completely open air venue they played that didn't have a pavilion on, over it on the top. It was completely open air, no covering at all. That's why they oh. use this one. So it's oh, super, super open. Okay. You can't I can't really wait get, for that either. Yeah, you can't I'm really with get you a, there. A super cool concert if video. You got shot an at, amphitheater. Yeah, about a pavilion, you know? Yeah. 
or be like the only way you can do it is like inside of arena. Like I don't know, I've sent you clips, the U two shows, how cool those look. Oh, the the dome. Yeah, the sphere actually. Sphere, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean those look great. But yeah, so it's it it's been recorded, so it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna. So stay tuned. We can't. We don't know any release dates, but stay yeah, just tuned. because we do this podcast doesn't mean we know more about upcoming releases or anything. We you know. We wish I mean, we did. Well, uh, <laughs> sure. Anyway, sort of controversial take here. The Hurting is my favorite album. That's not a controversial take. There's a lot of people who have The Hurting as their favorite there, album. There's some people who think that's one of their only two good albums. <laughs> so I don't think that's controversial at all. Don't no. even worry about it. No. It's just so groovy. Of course, the others are amazing, too. I would say my favorite song is Pale Shelter or Head Over Heels. Can't go wrong. Yep. All right. This next one. This is one of the long ones, and I love that. I like that. Um, this was sent in by Carrie. You might say I'm one of Tears for Fears' newest fans, but that's not really true. My family gave me the songs to the Big Chair cassette tape when I was 12, and I loved it and asked for the Seeds of Love when that came out. I still have the tapes, and they still play. That's cool. Also, I think I'm losing my voice or something. Cause <laughs> can can you tell? Okay, so I don't. Even, I guess like I yeah. Anyway, uh, I remember "Break It Down Again" being popular when I was in college, and I believe you believe what? <laughs> anyway, I believe it was the summer of '93 when Tears for Fears scheduled a show here in Syracuse, New York. I wanted to go, but was crushed when the show was canceled for lack of interest. That happened with quite a few shows. That's then. sad. I yeah. would I would be sobbing uncontrollably. I would be... So I understand the frustration. Even though it hasn't happened to me, I can already understand that frustration. It was just how much I love the band. If that happened to me, I can't imagine how people in the UK felt when Kurt broke his rib. They were probably crushed. Even I felt bad. I felt bad for them. I was like, oh my god, I saw them three times this tour. There's people who's not going to see them at all. Well, lack of interest is a very funny thing for a show. That's um, crazy. Sparks, you know, great band Sparks. In the early 80s, a show that I think they were playing in either Italy or Germany, five people showed up. <gasps> That's crazy. And um, they obviously didn't do the show, but they were allowed to go backstage, hung out with the band for like That's a couple cool. hours, autographs, took pictures with them. But yeah, they didn't wow. do the show, obviously. But... They all got free tickets to the show in the next city over. That okay. was actually pretty packed. Okay, so at least this, they, at least they did that for them. I think this was either eighty one or eighty two, something like that. I don't know. That's cool. Um, I've held a grudge against my hometown for its lack of support pretty much since. I couldn't claim to be much more supportive myself because not long after I made one of the biggest mistakes of my life and lost track of Tears for Fears for 30 years. Dang. Yeah. Fast forward to 2023. I was in a sticky financial situation and was having to avoid spending money on anything but essentials. But I got one of those Ticketmaster emails and when I saw who was coming to Canandaigua, I think is how it's pronounced. New York. No, I know. No, I know. I'm just... Yes, I'm aware. Uh, Liv went to that show. Pretty sure. About an hour and a half from me, I thought about how much I'd wanted to see them all those years ago and never had. I told my family that if I could only afford one show that year, it would be Tears for Fears. 
Still, I didn't know whether I should go for it. I told myself, you can't afford it, they won't know you're there, and it's gonna rain. I waited until the day of the show to decide to go, and walked up and bought a ticket when I got to the venue. I got completely soaked buying dinner, but I didn't care. I posted to Facebook before the show started that I figured the regret at not going to the show would last a lot longer than I would be broke, and that I would dry hopefully by the end of the show. That's a good sentiment. Yeah. It was the best show I've ever seen in my life. I was absolutely amazed at all the songs from their new album and at how they put out an album that rivals anything else in their catalog 40 years into their career. When Roland sang, My Demons Don't Get Out That Much, I thought to myself, Mine don't either, Roland, and neither does the rest of me, but I'm so glad I got out to see you tonight. Oh, I oh, yeah, love that. That's, that's a good one. Uh, I don't, well, there's more. No. the story there's a, there's quite a bit more to the story i had also turned 50 in 2023 and around the time of the show i was dealing with one of the worst episodes of depression in my life i felt that for having lived for 50 years i had so little to show for it i was pushing myself to go on with life for the sake of my cat but i didn't want to one day i was driving to a spot i was going to hike listening to Tears for Fears, in a place where you could see from one edge of the blue sky to the other, and said to myself, Tears for Fears is all I have, and Tears for Fears is all I need. From that point on, everything changed. For all that I had lost in life or never found, I still had the band that I loved since I was 12. They're still making albums, they're still touring, and they're still amazing. They make me feel like someone understands my pain, but gives me hope and shows me how I can get better. Now, whenever the nights are lonely, the workday is long, the pain of health problems is too much, or I don't get included when other people do, I can listen to Roland and Kurt and tell myself, you have your guys, you're not alone. Aww. Amen. <laughs> Aww. As I slowly recovered financially, I would buy myself one of their albums each month, making sure it was an addition with all possible bonus tracks. When the merch shops were restocked toward the end of the year... I bought myself the shirts, buttons, coffee mug, tote bag, and shout towel I couldn't afford at the show. I started picking up extras like books, postered, crocheted dolls, colored and picture disc vinyl, a mobile, and a Christmas ornament. Are you the person that bought the mobile off of eBay? Because I wanted that. Not that I'm mad. I couldn't afford it's a great it at the time. That's a great hand. That's a great hand, right? Because I saw that on eBay. I wanted it, but I think I... I think it was a bit, and I think I missed the time because I was at school, or it was overnight. I think it was an overnight time because it was UK. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was like, I'm not gonna wake up at like 3 a.m. to get this thing. I like, can have it <laughs> if if this is you that got the mobile, which I'm assuming it is. If you lost track of the band for 30 years, but I could be wrong, or have I hit a nerve? Anyway, yeah. Um. I made cupcakes for Roland's birthday. I just missed Kurt's. I joined a bunch of Tears for Fears Facebook groups and faithfully posted what I'd added to my collection every TFF Tuesday on Facebook and Instagram. We should start doing TFF Tuesdays. They do it in Facebook a lot. I feel like it would be a neat thing. No, because we have Throwback Thursday. I feel like they would kind of be the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we have memorabilia, merch music. Yeah. So I feel like our Tears for Fears Tuesday is like split into the Monday, Thursday, Friday. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I spend my days now dreaming of going to my next show, being able to buy VIP this time, and meeting other Tears for Fears fans. I also I also wish I could thank Roland and Kurt for all they've done for me, and I figure the best way to do that is to get good seats for their concerts and show them how happy and alive they make me. I can only hope that it would make them happy too. I love that story. That was so heartfelt and emotional. And it seriously just proved what I had just previously said of like, their music changes lives. And I can relate. I don't know if you can, maybe you can, but their music also got me through a really hard time. Yeah, a little bit. Not like through the pandemic, but especially through leaving California. Because... You know, I lived in the same city my whole life. I had a reputation. I had my friends. I had my family. Church. I knew the city. I knew where things were. It was just everything was familiar to me. Mm -hmm. And when I left California, I lost all of that. Even though I can text my family, of course it's not the same. Yeah. You know? So... There was one thing she said. Let me find it. This, like this one quote, for all that I lost in life or never found, I still had the band that I loved. I felt that, like yeah. on a personal level, because they really, even though the move sucked and it did, it took me until my 18th birthday to really recover. They gave me something to be interested in, and you were there to share the interest with me. Yes, I was. So that's how they got me through pretty much the hardest time in my life. Mm-hmm. Have they done anything similar for you? Well, I guess I'm I'm a little more fortunate that I haven't really had. Yeah, like I understand that. that. But, I mean, if anything songs like women in chains or suffer the children or rivers of mercy still ring true to yeah. the struggles that we have in the world absolutely and um i guess they make me feel enlightened mm. <laughs> like they feel make me feel aware and i'm glad that so many other people are able to share that awareness not too absolutely uh, that's not to sound woke Sorry, use that word, but I am a socially aware person in context of stuff like Woman in Chains, especially Woman in Chains, or something like Rose right. of Mercy, or right, you know, something like that. So, hearing those songs makes me feel like I'm not alone with the thoughts and feelings that I have about the world okay. and society, and how you know women are still mistreated in the world today, or how there's still injustice everywhere, even yeah. in our own country. Absolutely. So, on a, I guess on a socio-political standpoint, Tears for Fears have helped me um, express, become aware. Become, not necessarily become aware, but have become an outlet for me to confide in mm-hmm. my expression. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does. It's almost like an outlet for you. You know, if someone's like, yeah, there's not really any issues in the world regarding women. Would Roland Orsbaugh have written a song, Woman in Chains, if there weren't any issues in the world regarding women? No. Yeah. Because he doesn't write about nothing, unless it's not his best friend's dog. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kid. Yeah, but, yeah. That's all I got for that, so it was a great story. It was really Absolutely. Was. Like, yeah. yeah, that one, 
tugged on the heartstrings a little bit because I mean, and l- let me just say thank you for being so open as well. Yeah, that was deep, deep, deep. Yeah, absolutely. that was deep. But again, it's just it's a the the perfect example to show like this band does great things and always has and does for people of all ages. It's music for the soul. Yep. Just, yeah. Thing, things in your story were so perfectly worded, and I applaud you for that. Um, next, we have Jen, who said, When my friend and I saw them this summer, she had a ton of beaded bracelets she made with Tears for Fears themed things on them. She said a lot of Taylor Swift fans do it, and at the VIP soundcheck, we were able to talk to Lauren for a few minutes. She's lovely. My friend gave her a bunch of the bracelets, and we were shocked and thrilled to see she and Roland were both wearing them during our show. That is awesome. Um, I also wrote heartfelt letters to them with what their music has meant to me, and mentioned where I'd be and the light-up sunflower headband I was wearing, and gave them to the VIP coordinator when soundcheck was over. I'm fairly certain Kurt, who I was standing right in front of just a few rows back, gave me a cheesy grin right as he came out onto stage and adjusted his microphone as they began to play No Small Thing. I've had a crush on him since I was seven and saw him in the Sons Seeds of Love music video, so my 41-year-old heart fluttered like I was a teenager again. It was a great time. Ugh. Great story. Next tour, I'm 100% going to do sound check. And I'm 100% going to try to get seats like down on that bottom level because I need to do it. I need to do it. Even if it means I'm not sitting with my family. No offense to y'all, but I've seen them three times with you guys. I can, I let me, <laughs> you know, I'd love to see them up close and not have to worry about... Uh, me jumping the ground, screaming the whole time, because I feel like pretty much everyone who's up front is like doing that also. So I I would fit in perfectly with that crowd, and I'd also love to have the opportunity to give them stuff. R- write a letter, be like, "Hello, I'm Chloe, and I co-run the Tears of Fear or History from the Big Chair." Tears of Fear. Yeah, get the name right. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So uh, next, next where they do in the states, I'm 100% doing sound check. I and think a I close will. Seat. I think so, I will. I mean, as you know, I've got Comic Cons coming up. All of my savings is going on to that because I don't currently have a job, which sucks. And well, I think it's almost a guarantee that they will not be touring here this year. Thank God, it gives me time to save money. Yeah, it's almost a guarantee that they won't. I mean. Relieve my pockets, boys, as much as I'd love to have you. Give, give me a break. International fans some yeah, give, Come on. give some of them a chance. Give some of them a chance. But 100% going to do sound check and close up because mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I've seen them four times now. Yeah. Which isn't a lot. I mean, it's more than some people have seen them, but there's some people who go to every show. More than show. me. The travel fans <laughs> see them 200 times. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's more so, than me. How many times have you seen them? Three? Three. <laughs> anyway, all right. This next one was submitted by. Who has Roland's boots? <laughs> <laughs> all right, user. I can say that now because I disclosed that in one of the Ravel episodes that I'm the auction guy. Oh yeah, but then I cut it out, <laughs> honey. So I guess you can disclose it now. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, Charlotte figured it out. She did. Smart gal. Um, Because all you said was, men's medium, by the way. And she got it just from that, because I kept that in. But I cut out when you said that, you know. It's official. This is Tears of Fears Day, so I'll drop the news. I own the shirt worn in the Raul and the Kings of Spain music video. And worn on tour several times. From 95 to 96. In addition to that, I own three other shirts, one of which he is seen wearing in a few press shots. It's a black button-up. And I also own a pair of his boots. Have a nice day. Next story. <laughs> this is why... No, that's probably why people were probably like, why the fuck are they saying, a nice shirt, a nice shirt, 20 times when you're watching the, the Kings of Spain music video? Because Brendan owns the shirt. So... Yes. If you listened to the music video in this episode for Rat Coast, and you're like, why the fuck are they saying that 20 fucking times? <laughs> that is why. Yes. That is why. <laughs> Context in the big chair. So. There you this, go. This next one was submitted by user at Raised on the 80s. Awesome name. Oh, yeah. I wish I was. I wasn't raised on the 80s. Not really. Um, a few years ago, my father shared a song called Everybody Wants to Rule the World with Me. Because, Never heard I'm, of it. <laughs> because I'm really into songs from the 80s. I really enjoyed Actually, listening. Actually, it's called Songs from the Big <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed listening to the song and had it added to my playlist a while back, but hadn't really listened to it much. I'd heard it playing on the radio in my car every once in a while, but not too often, along with Shout. Other than those two songs, I hadn't dug deep into their music. So they just became another artist I'd listen to every couple of months. Until I heard on the radio that they were touring. It had been a couple of years since I heard of them, and it really caught my attention because it would have been the first concert I actually wanted to go to. I asked my mother about it, since I'm only 13, and couldn't go alone if we could buy some tickets to the concert. 13! Oh, that's Gen A. There's technically Gen Alpha. Good lord. So we've got, we do have Gen Alpha in here. I'm oh, old. you're making me feel old and I'm only 19. <laughs> 13. I love that and I seriously wish that could have been me. I do wish, but can't turn back time. Anyway, I love that. 13, I love that. Where did I leave off? I lost my spot. Ah. After having looked up the locations they'd be playing at, I figured it was too late to see them since I had asked again weeks after hearing the news. I decided that I didn't want to go, along with the fact that I didn't know any songs other than Shout and Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I'd almost forgotten about the touring that was going on, until my mother surprised me with close to my birthday that she had gotten tickets for July 17th. I was really excited since I thought we missed the date they were playing in Austin, Texas. The night before the concert, I tried listening to a playlist of their greatest hits, but focused on learning the lyrics of the songs I already knew. Respect. The day of the concert, we listened to Everybody Wants to Rule the World the whole way there. Wonder how long the drive was, though. <laughs> I do wonder <laughs> that. Um, I forgot how amazing that song was and how I could never get tired of it. To be fair, there Once... are probably enough versions on streaming that would account for an entire car ride. <laughs> True. Urban mix, extended mix, Massey Hall, add up version. Oh, God. 
the little baby one, little the baby one that one Miley that... sings on that Kanye song. Oh, Black Skinhead, that's song. <laughs> yeah. The uh-huh. um, those the two little baby remixes. Yeah. Um, that Tiesto song with David Guetta that came out earlier. Uh, like anyway, last year. Good lord! Only Once... this is what happens when you don't own your catalog. Maybe Taylor Swift does have a point. <laughs> People can't do this with their music. Once we arrived, it felt like a dream. I'd never been to a concert before, and I was anxious to see Roland and Kurt in person. That was me. I was like, I'm in the same vicinity as them. Oh, my God. Um, but it soon faded when they came on stage, and a wave of excitement and calmness came over me. I was prepared to have a good time, and that's exactly what happened. The concert was absolutely terrific, and to me, life-changing. Again, there's the life-changing. I love it. Their music is so powerful in a way that it makes me feel empowered and educated about so many different things. I love that. I love that. Coming from a 13-year-old, too? That's amazing. Even I didn't think of that. watching Mr. Beast and watching (laughs) Skibbity Toilet, not being enlightened and educated. It's good that you're not. No, it's good that you're not. It's good thing that you're (laughs) Like Matthew said. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where did I leave off? Um, after the concert, I couldn't stop listening to their music. I listened to every song from every album they've done, and they're mainly all I listen to now. I go to their music for comfort, knowledge, and happiness. I love that, too. Oh, knowledge. Yeah, I love that. I've never come across a band where I love every single one of their songs. I mean that. It's been about six months now, and I'm obsessed with them. Learning about who they are as people interests me a ton, which makes me aware of what their earlier songs are about, that I can relate to some of their songs in a way. Tears for Fears are a truly inspiring and magnificent band. I wish I knew more songs before I went to the concert. It would have made it even better, although I'm still grateful I got to experience that with my mom since she had also gone to one of their shows in 1985. I'm losing my voice. I'm losing my voice. I love, I love what was said. I love that. Empowered, Coming from educated, so young comforted, informed, happy. I love that. It's like, especially coming from, I love that. I love that. All right. This next one is quite long, but this is a story we've heard before. Um, this was the one that we briefly talked about when we had Liv on with her friend. Um, so this was submitted by user at Art from the Big Chair. Soundcheck was a really cool experience, and my friend and I got to sit first row. Seeing them up close during their own thing and rehearsing was so cool. I feel really thankful I could experience that. We even got to give them gifts. I had some art and letters for both of them. In my letter to Roland, I told him that his interest in astrology got me into it as well, and that it's been super important for me, not to mention really fun to learn. I told him I had not I had an idea three years ago that when they started touring, he could guess my sun sign. So I said I made a poster asking him to guess my sign, referencing a lyric from Queen of Compromise, and that I'd be sitting in the front in case he saw me. Of course, I didn't expect him to actually guess. I just wanted him to know I care about astrology as much as he does. I was in the fifth row that night for the actual show and had such a beautiful view. The guys and I interacted a few times. I was dancing and singing so much. Roe gave me and my friends a thumbs up for singing along to all the lyrics from the tipping point. That was really sweet. 
they played Creep for the encore, and I'm not a big fan of that song, so I held up my poster since I had a clear view to them, and they could see me. Roland started smiling in my direction, but a part of me wasn't entirely sure he was looking at me. Did he see my poster? He kept smiling at me more and more, and I realized that he read my letter from earlier and just put a name to a face. He continued to smile at me so much, sometimes it seemed he was creeping away from the microphone to read my sign. I smiled back. Suddenly, Roland squinted at me and starts leaning notably away from the mic. He was trying to read my poster. A few people in front of me look back in my direction, but of course at this point I'm still in denial. Next thing I know, Roland starts hopping away from the mic, leaning forward to read my poster. He looks so happy. It happens all the time. Roland gets my sign, it says. He goes back to the mic to sing quickly and comes back to take another look. He tries to play it off casually by making the crowd sing in his place while he was reading the poster. And as he goes back to singing, he looks up and lets out an excited shriek. I was certain he read my poster this time. He wasn't making me feel nervous, but everyone directly in front of me, cheering and looking right at me. Roland goes to the mic and sings, Someone said, guess my sign. At this point, I'm feeling totally normal. The song goes on and he doesn't guess it. Oh well, at least I got this interaction. At least I made him happy. The last song is Shout, and for some reason, now Roland and Kurt are both looking at me. I'm smiling, but it's quite frightening to see them both looking at me. It all feels like a dream. I hold up my poster, point to them, and back at me. Come on, I'm talking to you. Come on. I love that. Uh, Roland starts walking away to the edge of the stage and paces to the other side. In the meantime, Kurt's staring right at me, and he won't stop. I take my chance to motion to him, point to my sign, then point to Roland, and he nodded and smiled. Roland came back to his mic, smiling so big he can't even see the words. Both of them were smiling at me. How is this not a dream? Roland steps back and sticks his tongue out at me. The beat and lighting changes a second later, and Roland leans into the mic and says, You're a Gemini. He keeps playing and waits for my reaction, smiling, but I'm frozen in place. I finally shake my head no while laughing, because I always thought he wouldn't be able to guess my sign. He frowned in a silly way and continued singing. As the song ended, they were both looking at me as I motioned for Roland to try again, but it seems like he gave up. I never imagined he would try to guess it. Talking to him about astrology has been something I've always wanted to do, so my dreams came true that night, and Roland seemed to be really excited about it. After the concert, sitting in the parking lot, I posted a picture to Twitter, tagging Kurt and the band, telling them about my experience, and I confirmed to them that I was a Cancer, not a Gemini. A few minutes later, Kurt quoted it, saying he knew all along. I was still in disbelief of that night and couldn't process it, so that really confirmed to me that all of that really happened, and I wasn't making it up. Quite a story. That's like a... Main character moment. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I, I need that so bad. We, go we gotta make like a history from the big star sign. Rolling, rolling to Kurt, come on our podcast. <laughs> right. If I made a sign though, I'd actually don't even know what it would actually say. Come on our podcast. No, I wouldn't want to do like some promo shit though. Promo shit. Don't care. Gotta sell what we have. I guess. Do you want to have a successful podcast or not? <laughs> the time they tour again we're gonna be way done with the main canon and we'll be probably releasing stuff sparsely renewed interest bring it back <laughs> season two 
<laughs> Season two. Oh god. Main character moment. And like I mentioned, Liv did bring we brought that up briefly when we had Liv on back in July. But it was great to hear your inner monologue. And have all those details. That's really special. And I do hope that someday I have something of the similar vibe mm-hmm. happen. Absolutely. Yep. Oh god. Even even just have them look at me. Even just have them look at me, I would pass. I'm one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Even if they look at me, I would. I, oh, even thinking about it. <laughs> <sighs> All right. This next one was submitted by Carla, our good buddy Carla. I first heard the band when I was 12 in my father's car when Everybody Wants to Rule the World played on the radio. I instantly fell in love. He told me he had a DVD of them playing that song. It was Scenes in the Big Chair. For years, I didn't see the Everybody Wants to Rule the World music video until I was 19. At that time, I was a lonely college student, and one day, I heard Head Over Heels on my radio as I was checking stations. I recognized their voices and looked them up in libraries and online. Once I rented the Hurting on CD from a library and heard it at home, it was love at first listen. I felt like they understood me and knew exactly what I was going through. I started buying their albums and reading about them, becoming sort of a fan historian in Facebook groups as some fans would ask if certain things I said were true and I would be able to collaborate it with websites or pictures of articles. When COVID came, I honestly believed that if it weren't for their music, I'd be in a worse state than I am now. Preach. I feel that, girl. I feel it. Able to have people who appreciate that I'm a huge fan like they are, and to have had the privilege to see them live twice after the pandemic. The 2022 Inglewood concert was my first one and one of the best times of my life because I saw them live and met many fans who shared my love for them. I didn't think it could get any better until the Hollywood Bowl concert last year. That night, they completely blew the stage up, and I will never forget how many lights showed up during Rivers of Mercy from both cell phones, lighters, and the stadium lights. How people sang all the lyrics from Head Over Heels, Mad World, and Everybody Wants to Rule the World together. How I finally heard Creep live and was able to sing along. And how everyone sang the chorus and shout. My father was with me both concerts, and he says he enjoyed both experiences. He looks forward to more, just like I do. I also look forward to actually seeing their hometown, Bath, but also to meeting more fans who share my love for this amazing band like you two do. Being a fan of Tears for Fears has really made my life more happy, and I know I will be a forever fan. Preach it, girl! Preach it! Good story. Yeah. Nice. All right, we're in the home stretch. We've got one... Two, three more. I'm getting pressed on time here. No, we've been doing this for an hour and over an hour. Mm-hmm. All right. This was submitted by Anna. I went to the Sacramento show on July 29th, this also being my first ever concert. Before the day of the concert, I made a post of a picture, or I made, yeah, a post of a picture of some tears or 
that I spent three weeks designing and painting. I actually looked at that post. They are so cute. I'm going to send it to you later. They're I need to so see the, uh, cute. They're so cute. The TFF slacks. They're so cute. Um, I tagged Kurt in the band thinking they wouldn't notice. I thought it was a long shot. Kurt actually liked my post on Twitter and I was so happy he liked it. One of the things I experienced at the concert during Rivers of Mercy, I saw people with their flashlights waving them. And I wanted to join them, but the rest of the crowd didn't do it. I felt bad about not joining, but I also thought I would be in the way of the people behind me. On the way home from the concert, I made a post about my experience, along with my younger sister, and Kurt liked it. It's just the small thing of being noticed by Kurt that made two days of 2023 I'll never forget. That's cute! Real nice. Yep. The pants are so cute. <laughs> They're so I'd cute. To, I need to see them, yeah. I'll send them to you after we record. Uh, I love that. All right, this next one is from Lauren. I'm 25 and from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I grew up listening to 80s and 90s pop, rock, new wave, etc. due to my parents' influence and was always a casual fan of Tears for Fears' hits. Last year, after a random rewatch of Donnie Darko, I became fixated on the soundtrack and specifically Tears for Fears. I began to deep dive into their catalog and completely fell in love. As my husband can attest to, they were my major fixation for all of 2023. When the Tipping Point Tour Part 2 made its way near us, we had to go. Our trip to Kansas City was memorable to say the least. A punctured tire, a sketchy hotel, and an extreme thunderstorm all stood to ruin our weekend. But just as showtime was approaching, the rain cleared, the weather became beautiful, and we had an amazing sunset glowing over the outdoor amphitheater. During Head Over Heels, I began to cry because I felt like everything had finally fallen into place and it was such a joy to hear the song that had been my favorite since my early teen years. After all the crazy and stressful, stressful travel adventures we'd endured, my husband and I hugged throughout the song and soaked in what an amazing moment it was. Now I smile like a fool every time I hear that song. Now how nice Aww, is that? Aww, that's cute. How nice is that? That's cute. I love it. <laughs> It's real Love, nice. Loving these stories, and we're on our last one. How about that home stretch? Home I just want to say one thing. I was going to screw with you and make a fake email and write up a fake I, story. I think you mentioned that. You were like, and I didn't have the time for it. Uh huh. And you even extended the deadline, so I could have, but I just <laughs> couldn't. All right. This last one, forgive me if I mispronounced the name. I think it's Lucy Morrow. Um, I'm writing directly from Brazil, more specifically, Sao Paulo. Nice! International listeners! I don't know if any of the people who submitted emails were British or not. I know a good amount were American because they name-dropped, like, Atlantic City, you know, etc. Um, I've been in... I've been a History from the Big Tear fan from the beginning of the project, and what attracted me to it is the fact that it's a podcast made by two passionate Tears for Fears fans for fans. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> I will say, and I didn't include it in their messages, but almost every person that submitted a story were like, I love your, by the way, I love your podcast. I was like, oh, stop. Yeah, I, I mean, don't like, stop. Ma- but... <laughs> we need to make like a tagline for history from the picture by fans for fans. <gasps> <laughs> oh, that's cute. 
Is that what kids bop is though? Buy kids. His four kids. kids. <laughs> yeah, scratch that. <laughs> the hell am I doing? <laughs> My history with the band started in the '80s, but I'll share an event that happened in the '90s, specifically 1996, when Roland was promoting Raúl and the Kings of Spain through the Live Kings tour. Around June that year, there were four shows scheduled in Sao Paulo at a concert hall called Olympia. The concert available on YouTube was recorded at this venue. And the one I we watched. Yeah. And I couldn't go to any of them because I was around 15, and I thought I couldn't enter the venue. The following week, some schoolmates who were Tears for Fears fans asked if I went to any of the shows. When I said no, one of them told me I could have gone if I was accompanied with, by a parent or someone over 18. The result? I spent the rest of the month crying in anger for missing the opportunity of a lifetime to see Roland at the peak of his career and vocals, and that's the only regret I carry since that day. Anyway, I have a lot of stories involving the band, but this is the one I would really like to share, because when you have the opportunity to see them live, don't do what I did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's tough. That's <laughs> but, tough. That's tough. I never missed out on seeing them, and I'm very fortunate. My mom missed out on seeing them three times. One was because of me. Um, oh, and and she couldn't. Her sister met them that night. I mean, yeah, it's not your aunt. fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> my dad's. Frankly, <laughs> <laughs> it's their fault because they decided to bring you into existence. But and here I am, making fun of her twenty years later. <laughs> <laughs> what would you rather, your 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 great son? Or me and choose Roland and Kurt. I'm just I choose Roland and Kurt. <laughs> no. <laughs> but there we have it. That you was, guys shared and we shared on your behalf. I'm so happy that I was able to be and now, your spokesperson. To continue the chain, share your feedback on our, our feedback of your stories. Let <laughs> us know. When you listen, let us know if you enjoyed it. Like, actually, DM us. Thank us. Thank I you. Thank all of you for participating. Again, we love it when there's participation because this is a community thing. It, like This isn't just, I mean, history from the big chairs, Brendan and I, but it's also you guys in a sense. Yeah. We wouldn't be, I mean, not that we're doing it for the listens, but we probably wouldn't continue if there's no one listening, right? No. We wouldn't want to just put this into the void. So yeah. thank you guys so much for participating. So I really enjoyed it, you know? I really enjoyed hearing all your stories. I'm so happy that I could have shared them for you. I love it. I love it. I love the community aspect. Mm -hmm. And there, there you have it, folks. That was our episode dedicated to Tears for Fears Day. So, um, thank you so much. It's tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's the day after this comes out, February 25th. So. Celebrate it then, right? But yeah, make sure you appreciate the band yeah. a little extra that day. Post about it. Maybe you use a hashtag, hashtag Tears for Fears Day. That would be cool. Hashtag history from the big. I'm kidding. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag right? Um, but yes, this is this was one of my favorite episodes yet. Probably the most I've talked, seeing as I'm losing my voice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll do the plugs. Okay. Well. If you made it to the end of this episode, yes. thank you so much. You can, of course, follow us on Instagram. This one was a bit longer. Um, History from the Picture on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, History from the Picture. Twitter, HFTBC underscore pod. If you're listening on YouTube, smash that like button. Post notifications on. Make sure you're subscribed. History Tell from your, the Picture. 
Just make sure, make sure you tell your friends, your Two Shafir's buddies about Two Shafir's Day and this podcast. You can, yeah. of course, find my co-host on Instagram at cherrycola underscore r underscore and on cherrycola underscore vinyl. And you can, of course, find moi on tearshafiers.swag or brendan's underscore music underscore fault. But Absolutely. your best bet, if, you, if you're trying to reach me, which I understand why you would, your best bet is just DM history from the beach. <laughs> yep. Did yeah. you enjoy this episode? I, I did. did. I did. I enjoyed not being center stage for once. <laughs> that was, that was at, the hot... at the cost of me losing my voice. I don't care that much. I don't care that much. I'm going to go to sleep soon, so I'll get it back probably. I'm going to uh, go play some Fortnite, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so Once again, like I can't thank you guys enough. I seriously enjoyed Gabe, Shekina, again, if I mispronounced it, I'm sorry, at Diva's Bet, Gabby, Matthew, um, Anais, Carrie, um, Jen, at Raised on the 80s, at Art from the Big Chair, um, Carla, Anna, Lauren, and Lucy Mara. Thank you guys so much. For sharing with us. Certainly. Alright. So long. Take care. And don't forget to celebrate Tears for Fears Day. There you go. And yeah. always remember, remember to, to sow, sow the, the seeds, seeds of, of love. love.